guys, welcome back to Tell Me About It with Jade Iovine. I'm Jade Iovine, and Tell Me About It is the show where I force my guests to commiserate with me about the many bloopers, rejections, mistakes, insecurities, and anxieties of our very, very imperfect lives. Okay, I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet because I'm so excited to introduce my guest today. So we're starting a new segment here on Tell Me About It called BYOBFF, where we invite BFFs to come on the show and join me for a good old-fashioned, like, sleepover with wine and blankets style heart-to-heart. But over Zoom, of course. So it's only fitting that I invite my best friend, Carson Meyer, to be the very first BFF we have on the show. Carson and I have known each other since I was three days old and she was, I think, just a few weeks old. And we grew up really attached at the hip. We've been best friends for 27 years and we have a bond that's less like a best friendship and more like a sisterly bond. We drive each other crazy. We know each other way, way, way too well. But above all, we love each other so, so much. I was listening back to this episode and I was laughing so hard. So Carson and I, while we grew up together, we grew up to be so different in so many ways. We're really opposites, and I think that's why we work. For example, she has curly hair. I have straight hair. She's careful. I'm risky. She treats her body like a fucking temple, while mine I treat more like a public park. She's always on time, and by on time, I mean chronically early, and I am not. She is such a classic older sister, and I am such a youngest child. She's careful, and I'm risky. I could really go on forever, but I really think you'll enjoy our banter, and hopefully it'll make you feel like you're sitting around hanging with your best friend, too. But before we jump in... Let me tell you about my best friend. Carson Meyer is a certified birth doula and birth photographer from Malibu, California. She graduated from NYU where she pursued studies in child development, art therapy, and holistic health. In 2016, Carson returned to Los Angeles and began her journey as a doula. She has been dedicated to supporting parents through a healthy and peaceful pregnancy, birth, and postpartum period ever since. With a passion for environmental health, Carson recently launched an all-natural and sustainable skincare line called Sea and the Moon. That's C as in the letter, not S-E-A. Which is founded on the belief that the way we care for ourselves has a direct impact on the way that we care for the planet. She is also proud to serve as a co-chair on the NRDC Leadership Council as an environmental advocate. Okay, ladies and, well... Ladies, God, don't you hate the world, ladies? And also, if there are any guys out there listening, let me know. Say hi. Here is my best friend, Carson Meyer. Hi, Cars. Hi, my love. What's going on? Um, not much, you know. Life. I finally got you on the pod. I finally. I'm so excited, and I just want to say I listened to the episode last night with the comedian Catherine. Yeah, Catherine Cohen. Who I just want you to know it's not going to be anywhere near as exciting <laughs> or entertaining <laughs> just, as that episode. So yeah. if you're looking for open relationship conversations, just skip to yes. the next episode. <laughs> no, it'll be different. It'll be just as good, but different. So this is my best friend, for those people who don't know. We've been best friends for our whole lives. Let's just go through our best friend story. So we grew up in Malibu together. Carson was brought into my life in her little bucket seat when she was three weeks old and I was not even like a week old. Your mom brought you over and like plopped you down and the rest is history. So we grew up in Malibu together. Let's talk about preschool because we've never gone to school together except preschool. Yes. So tell the story as you remember it. Okay. So first of all, it's the story as you remember it because I have no memory. But I, I mean, I don't, but, neither of us really remember it. Basically, your mom <laughs> called my mom and was like, Carson won't go to school unless Jade is at the school. And my mom yeah. was like, who cares? It's my fourth kid. Like, go wherever you want. <laughs> so she sent me to this, the best preschool in the world. It was the best preschool uh... ever. Like, I wish we had that for our kids. The best. The greatest. But I had a lot of social anxiety as a child, or just anxiety, I think, as a, as a young girl. And I was so, yeah, I remember my mom dropping me off at school every day, and it was like a big ordeal. I think yeah. it was probably me picking up on her energy. It was like a big ordeal for her, too. But Definitely. 
you made it possible for me to. God, and that's you know, why. Go to school. So now you're returning the favor. You're doing the podcast. <laughs> we all have to step outside our comfort zones here and there. Oh my gosh. Okay. I need to try that more often, though, too. It's so true. Like, if only I had stuck to demanding we go to school together for more I know. years. Like, why did I? Yeah, then why did we go to different schools? That's what I mean. Like, I kind of regret not doing that my whole life. Yeah, so we never went to school together after preschool. We probably wouldn't have made any other friends, so maybe it was for the best. But so we went to different elementary schools. You went to, like, a school in Malibu. I went to a school in Brentwood, which was very rigid and different than like your school and then you went to NYU and I went to University of Miami and then here we are yeah we grew we actually like lived kind of across the street but it's not a street it's a highway we lived like across the highway from each other and then I moved away when I was five and then you stayed in Malibu and I'm jealous so let's talk about first of all this is so much harder with your best friend than it is with a stranger because I know where all the dead bodies are like, I know, like, all the secrets, so I can't, like, just naturally – I can't, like – You have to pretend to be interested in – That, like, and I can't play naive. Like, I can't be like, oh, I didn't know that that question would lead so me to that intimate detail, you know? Yeah, so, so this is true. much harder, but it's also ten times funner. So, more fun. Um, tell, <laughs> whatever. Tell us about what you do and how you got started. So, I am a birth doula. Yes. Can you hear him growling is that a dog? at me? Why is he growling at you? Polly. <laughs> okay, I know you might have to go to the bathroom, and I'm really sorry that I didn't take you up before, but your dad is at the market, <laughs> so you're going to have to just hold tight. Polly. So, yeah, I, I do a couple of things. Yes, you do. So I'm a birth doula, and then I also have a skincare line called Sea in the Moon. Yes. Which is an all-natural skincare company. We started with a body scrub and had some candles and have more products launching soon. <laughs> the body um, scrub, just as a TO, like little side note moment, is like even if you weren't my best friend, I would say this, it is the best thing since sliced bread. You. Like it is truly the greatest scrub in the world. You will feel like you are at like a five-star luxury massage. You get out and you're all – you don't even need lotion after. You're all lubed up and ready to go. It's like, and you're soft. You're like a baby dolphin. It's wonderful. <laughs> baby I dolphin. love it. It is. Thank you. It does do wonders for the skin. It does. So first of all, tell me, what's the difference between a doula and a midwife for people that don't know? Yeah. So midwives are trained in kind of assisting the, and I, I don't love the word medical because I don't think birth is a medical event, but they're there to oversee the health I guess is a better okay. word to say, a mom and baby. So they're trained in clinical tasks. They're the ones who catch the baby and listen to the baby's heart rate, who, you know, take the mom's blood pressure, look at her blood work. All of that is the role of midwife. A um, doula is somebody who supports parents, but, you know, specifically the mother through pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Doulas do not do anything medical, clinical. We're really just physical and emotional support. Of course, we're overseeing health too, right? I work as a nutrition consultant, so I'm, health is a very important part of what I do. But when the baby is born, there is a midwife or an OB present. Doulas are not, you don't have like a midwife or a doula. You have a midwife and a doula or a doula and a OB. Okay. How did you choose, though, that you wanted to be a doula rather than a midwife? So being a midwife is a completely different role. Yeah. You're, like I said, you're there to oversee kind of that, the safety of mom and baby in the birth. So your your job is very different. You are charting. You are, like I said, doing more clinical tasks. You are, there's a lot of responsibility, obviously, that comes into it, and especially if you're working in home birth. Or out of hospital birth settings. Midwives can be both, but here, at least more common, they work out of the hospital because not a lot of hospitals have midwives. Yeah. But it's also more schooling, right? So there's different entry levels of becoming a, a midwife. So some uh, go to nursing school first, some are direct entry. So it's something I think about doing in the future, but I love being able to support people in in a very different capacity where I'm really just there to kind of like 
help usher this new soul in and the birth of a mother without those other responsibilities, right? It really is an emotional role. Definitely. Um, and one that allows me to be really present with the mom in the moment to moment parts of labor in a different way than a midwife is present. Yeah. It's such an intimate job that you have. Like it's just like you're with someone on arguably like the most important day of their lives and really supporting them through something that's so primal and there's not a closer relationship than during birth. So how would you describe being a doula? What does the support look like? Obviously, everyone's a different kind of doula, different specialties. What do you do as a doula? Yeah, I mean, everyone is very different. For me, I I really like to work with my clients throughout their pregnancy. We talk about what's happening in the body, the, the hormonal changes of labor, childbirth education, essentially, right? Like what, what, what happens in the body, how you can best support this physiological process. We really get to know each other on a deep level. We, you know, every single client is so unique. So for me, just finding out like how I can best be of support and and learning about the kind of birthday envision and want go over nutrition and you do a lot of work with the partner too, like you educate. Yeah, the, so all yeah. of my sessions include the partner. I think Amazing. that's so important. Yeah, and then we talk about you know for those who are giving birth in the hospital, what their options are, what the interventions are, what the risks and benefits of those interventions are, when we use them safely, when they should be avoided, and mm-hmm. create a roadmap. Then comfort measures. So for all of my clients, whether they want an epidural or not, we talk about you know how how to best make it most comfortable (laughs) Um, at any stage of labor and we go over breastfeeding postpartum care that's all pre-stuff and then Mm -hmm. at the birth I'm usually laboring at home with my clients before they go to the hospital or for home birth clients before the midwife comes and mm, providing massage and helping them to find those comfortable spaces and yeah holding space I'm like, sign me up. That sounds like I can't wait till you're my doula. Like, ooh, a little I massage. But then there's going to be like an infant like sucking at my nipple like until it's raw. So like that's going to be a problem. That's yeah, good. and you can get a massage when you're not in labor too. Yeah, hell yeah. Even better massage. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. So I want to know what are your thoughts on each of these things, right? So like just top level, not more than a sentence. So let's start with long-distance relationships. What's your take on them? I feel so lucky not to be in one, I'll say that. My grandma, Grandma Edith, used to say she married a traveling salesman, and she said (laughs) that was the secret to her marriage. They ended up getting divorced, so I don't know how good that secret to the marriage was, but... You know, I think for some, it's an, it's an, it can be a nice, it's a nice thing. I, my boyfriend and I are extremely like healthy codependent. Yes, me too. <laughs> we spend every waking, waking moment hour together. together. I don't even know. We've had some, you know, because he's a musician and I'm um, used to act and would travel for that. There was times where we had extended extended periods of time. Yeah, I'm not good in a long distance relationship. Yeah, but I mean, it but definitely works for some people. There was an, a real end date, and so I think that was the yes. difference. It was more of a yeah. I think there's a difference when time. yeah that that definitely makes a difference. Like if you know that you're going to be back together at a certain period of time, then it makes it easier. But it must be just hard. Like I just need someone around me all the time. Oh, but I think it can totally yeah, work. I can totally see how it would be helpful. Okay, next. Okay, what do you think about therapy? I love it. We love therapy in this house. Yeah, I love therapy. I I think it depends on the therapist is really important too. Yep. I but I love therapy. I recently had like a little breakup with my therapist, but mm. have other ones that I lean on. Was it a bad breakup? No, not at all. You know, she served a really really important purpose in my life. Yeah. When I was in college, she really helped me with anxiety that I was having. Yeah. When I moved initially to New York and I was was like a godsend and really effective. Like it literally took one session with her to turn it around and then we continued to work together, but I saw it like right away. And then I continued to meet with her through Zoom. It's now been, I don't know, when did we start college? God. Seven years ago, eight yeah. years ago. Yeah. I'm a different person. I just felt like we kind of were on just like completely different wavelengths and I felt wildly misunderstood. Yeah, I think it's very natural for your relationship with a therapist to evolve and change just as you evolve and change. And like sometimes you need a different kind of therapist or just a different person to just, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. 
Absolutely. In different seasons. But I, I mean, I love her. I'm so yeah. grateful for her. But I think I'm like also really interested in like somatic therapy. And so like more, and also like sprinkling some spiritual elements in it. I, you know, I really Definitely. love working with people who are willing to take it farther than Freud. Yes. <laughs> you know, like just go like a little bit Incorporate deeper. all kinds of like yeah. Eastern, Western. Yeah. Beliefs. Exactly. I'm with you. Okay. What do you think about friendship breakups? Friendship breakups? Mm-hmm. I think they're so sad. They're they're the fucking worst. <laughs> they're so they're hard. The fucking worst. So sad. And you know, clearly like hello, you and I are we have never had a friendship breakup our entire life never but and obviously you and I have a very special unique bond that's more than just a friendship and truly like a sisterhood yes beyond but you know most of my friends are lifers yeah I'm really I'm a Scorpio yeah it's so true it's really such a well Scorpio thing friendship breakups like I'm just kind of like mm, you're either with me or you're kind of stuck with me I don't I believe there's like not much you can't work through agreed Agreed. You have a very evolved take on friendship. I feel like you pick really steady people. It's kind of my favorite quality about myself or my yeah. friends. Like I really feel like I'm just like, oh, I nailed it. I yeah. nailed it with the friends. Like I that, think you I did. Think I got right. If I do say so myself. <laughs> I did. No, I'm always like, this is my best. Like it's not a trait, obviously. Yeah. But like, yeah, it just feels so lucky I have such great friends but I'm very picky I'm very selective like I I'm definitely don't waste time with friendship but I think you're better at conflict maybe than I am what about dating someone your friend has hooked up with in the past mm. you know I think it depends I really do I dated somebody like in high school who a, a dear friend of mine I had hooked up with before and I remember it being like a thing and I felt so bad and mm -hmm. when I told her she said love rules all and it was so like she was a little <laughs> bit older and she How was kind of like dramatic. it was but I just remember being like oh my gosh like she was like no like you gotta follow your heart oh you that's know? And a it was nice like, person yeah like yeah. and it was I mean enough time had passed and I'm not I don't at all believe in like cheating or if like they were actively you know hooking up totally different but I think there are certain situations. I also think you have to be very sure that that's the person for you. I mean, we've talked about this, right? It's not just like to do it, to do it. But I think that sometimes if you have a special connection with someone, I mean, didn't you have that with Dylan? Dylan? No, he hadn't hooked up with anyone. He didn't love me back for two years, but he didn't hook up with anyone. <laughs> oh, I thought that like when you guys first met, you, there was like another friend that liked him. No, that's some, that's another story that you're whatever. <laughs> No, no, no. I'll t that, one, okay. that one I'll, t I'll remind you and you'll be like, oh. oh. No, okay. I'll tell you guys that story later. But okay, yeah. sorry. We can cut this out. I know no, we've got to we keep it. it. But yeah, I mean, I feel like there's stories like that and then it's like you end up getting married and having 10 kids and it's like, you know, yeah. sometimes they're meant to be with that yes. other person. So it's yes. fine. Um, but no, I don't, I don't love it. Not to like make a, a habit out of it. Exactly. It can't be like a casual thing, but. I'm with you. I also grew up in a small town, so there were only so many boys. I know. I love that you say you grew up in a small town. Like, that's my favorite thing. I mean, it's true, but it's Malibu. Like, you grew up in L.A. Yeah, but it's tiny. There's one high school. So it's like, I think we all grew up. We all made out with the same. Yes. Yeah. And we were together for like, you know, sixth grade through 12th grade. Totally. So were we, but we were in the city, so to speak. Yeah. So it was so you, like, and there it was, was like different. different schools. You wouldn't, like, we didn't interact with anyone else. So what do you think about surprise parties? How do you feel about those? Nobody, I think people think I hate surprises. I which, take you as someone who I hates know. a surprise party, but do you? I don't know because no one's ever really thrown me one. <laughs> <laughs> because everyone, I'm a control freak, so I get why all my loved ones think I hate Just it. Don't and do I definitely that. do hate a certain element of not being yes. know, in control. But no, I, I think there can be some fun times. You're down. Okay, good yeah, to know. Yeah, I'm Noted. down. Noted. Just to be, you know. Do you like attending surprise parties? I do. I I guess it's because it's year. I'm like, I can't remember the last time I've ever been to a celebration of sorts. Like, have I. I ever been to one? I know. But no, I do think that they are fun. Yeah. They're like a lot of pressure. Like, I like Well, it's them, a lot though. of pressure for you because it's about arriving on time. 
Sure, For please. me, that I'm like, please. surprise party, I need to be there on time, done. But that's the problem. You would show up early. You would show up early oh, before I know. the surprise. I might ruin the surprise because the person would be like in the house. That's why though. I think we haven't thrown you a surprise party because it would be so, not because you hate it, but because it'd be so fucking hard to pull it off. Well, I also have the most like amazing lie detector yes. thing. Where it's like, I can really tell when like my really close friends and family are like hi- keeping something from me. Mm-hmm. So I think it just also, everyone knows that they couldn't get anything past me. No, I know. I'm like, Jonathan, if you're listening to this, like, we'll plan. I mean, <laughs> you know. But we'll also, like, I have a problem where I'm like, what are you thinking? Like, I need to know no, me every too. thought he's having, every, like, who are you talking to? What are you? And it's not a distrust thing at all. Like, I trust him a thousand percent. It's it's not like Psycho Girlfriend. It's literally, you know, Miss Scoopy. That is oh my God. Is no, my you name. and Dylan, though. You are my Scorpios in we my life. You just need to and, be in the know. But it's like, it's so not invasive. Like, it's so not about, like, needing to know where they are at all times. Or, like, it's really not like that. It's more like he just loves to know, like, what I'm doing throughout the day. Like, yeah. I just don't ask people questions. Like, I really don't. Unless you offer me the information. I mean, this is my job to ask people questions. But, like, <laughs> like what? You're like, what? No, but you're on the podcast. (laughs) Truly, though. Like, I really don't ask because I think, like, so much when I was a child, like, so many people asked me questions that, like, I didn't want to answer. So, as an adult, I'm like, if you don't offer the information, like, I'm going to assume that you don't want to tell me. So, I'll tell Dylan, I'll be like, yeah, Carson's going on a trip. And he'll be like, where's she going? And I'll be like, she didn't tell me. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I just don't ask follow up questions like that. But Dylan loves to know, like, your dad's middle name like you know what I mean he loves information he and Jonathan's like that too and it's also why Dylan's such a joy to not that you're not a joy to have a conversation (laughs) (laughs) but why he's more of a joy people who are like that I'm always like I always leave the conversation being like please remember to ask more questions like it's so nice when like people just show interest in totally and Dylan's interest it, it's he's like so interested it's so genuine like it's no bullshit so genuine and, and it's like, so why do you nice and refreshing fuck? I know yeah but then there's I me the it. curmudgeon like the grumpy old troll who lived <laughs> under the bridge I'm like ah, I don't like I don't like minutiae like I don't care about all the little things and he yeah. really cares but I guess that's why <laughs> you know, maybe we work I don't know okay so let's do this or that a really quick rapid fire of right. this or that okay mornings or nights Mornings. Me too. Forever. Mornings. I'm like useless to everyone at night. Would you rather go to sleep without washing your face, like if you have makeup on, or without brushing your teeth? I think without washing my face. Yeah, I'd rather without brushing my teeth. Is that disgusting? No. But I think like you also have more of like a skincare. Yeah, I wear more makeup is what you're trying to say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) here's the thing about my makeup. By the time I go to sleep, it's already worn off, so I kind of don't wash my face. <laughs> I'm using like every chemical, every like disgusting yeah. thing that you would never go near. I'm like the I'm like the number one biggest phony of skincare owners in the whole world. Where I, I skincare brand owners, where I'm a skincare brand owner that has no routine. No, but you're you do exactly what your brand is. Like you only do natural shit. Yeah, like stuff that's good for you product. and the planet. <laughs> yes, <product>. and it's <laughs> Everyone's like, when are you going to make more products? I'm like, why do you need more than one product? Like, it's what true, else do you need though. In your it's cabinet? true. <laughs> like, all these brands have so many freaking products so that you can't things. even keep track of. Okay. Would you rather have to sing along to every song you hear or dance along? Hmm. Mandatory at all times. Sing along. You'd rather sing? I think I'd rather dance. Like- Dancing is exhausting just thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> so lazy. <laughs> okay, would you rather be chronically overdressed or underdressed? Mm, probably underdressed. Yeah, me too. It's cooler to be underdressed. So it sounds more comfortable. Yeah. Would you rather eat a banana a day or drink only Dasani water for life? Oh my god, is this <laughs> This is personal. I'm like, we you is... ask everyone this question. <laughs> <laughs> I can't choose. I, I know those choose. are your two biggest fears. <laughs> I can't choose. <laughs> she hates bananas, and we both hate Dasani water. At least we I'll join it. you in that one. We hate it. No, it's illegal. It should be outlawed. <laughs> okay, so do you have, can you choose? No. I might be a banana, and I literally, like, I can't. The smell of a banana makes me want to throw up. But I think at least with the banana, I could say it's good for you. It's good True. for you. True. Potassium. Potassium. True. With Asani, there it's would just, be no plus. There is no plus. You're just poisoning yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's just pure poison. I know. I'm the same way. Okay. 
So now I'm going to ask you some very professional questions. Let's just talk about our 20s. So what have your 20s been like thus far? How would you describe them? I mean, the other decades are like teenagehood, which is Mm -hmm. that. And then being like under 10, which is (laughs) that. So it feels like weirdly normal. But then when I think about it, it's actually like so much. So, so much. Um, And a lot of, I think for me, there's been a lot of like career motivation Mm -hmm. and seeking. And like that has been, I think, like a big theme of my 20s. Like figuring out what you wanted to do in life. Not even that. I think just like pursuing and executing it. Like I started working as an actor in college. Mm Mm-hmm which was my 20s, so mm-hmm. I think probably when I was 20 or 19, and then did that through college and then graduated and thought that that's what I was going to pursue, but mm-hmm. put a lot of time and focus into that and then was auditioning a bunch and working and then shifted to becoming a doula mm-hmm. or was kind of doing both at the same time, but had that passion arise and then went to school for that and really like dove into that. And then at the same time, seeing the moon was being born. So I do feel like I, there wasn't a lot of, I mean, obviously the search is, is within all of that and there was discovery and figuring out, but it was more just like executing it and building those things and um, diving in really head first, feet first, head first. (laughs) diving in just diving diving into those things (laughs) yeah what I admire about your career execution as you said like just your path is that you never really like forced yourself to give up one thing in exchange for the other like you've always had your hands in multiple pots and like even with acting like you that was a slow fizzle out right you were doing that still while you were starting dueling yeah, I did it for a, a, quite a while, and I don't even think of it as, like, a closed door necessarily, but I, it was really becoming hard to juggle all three. To give, like, 100% to three different things. Yeah, and I think the nature of the doula work and the acting work, they they involve being the in-person mm-hmm. time, right? And this location was a big part of it. And so running a business is something I felt I could do simultaneously exactly and yeah. so it came a point where you know I started becoming like booked as a doula for nine months in advance yeah you know oh so I really couldn't book anything right how many births are you doing per month right now it varies like right now none I'm taking time off so like zero this month and then I was sometimes up to seven Oh my God. And that can be because, you know, just a busier month, but also babies come at different times. What's an insecurity that's changed? As I get a little bit older, I really kind of don't allow myself to like spiral into Mm. moments of insecurity. I mean, Mm -hmm. they exist obviously all the time, but I, I feel like, you know, when it comes to, you know, you mentioned like body image or all that stuff, like I just... I think when, as like a teenager, like it just, it's impossible not to, Mm -hmm. right? Like be Mm -hmm. in that space or feel just shame and whatever it is, you know, just the not good enough or the insecurities Mm -hmm. of that time. And I do feel like I made, I can't tell if it was like a conscious decision or like a moment in therapy. Like I don't know the recipe, but I do think it just, it did come more with age and maybe it was being in like a healthy relationship or just being in, you know, like loving my, my work, but, and maybe it's like suppression, like maybe it's like unhealthy, but it's like, how productive is it to like put yourself under a microscope? Yeah. And you're able to like tell yourself that and like you listen. Yeah. I just kind of like, like I like block it. That do you understand that that's a superpower? <laughs> Do you understand that that is it, not what most people have? Like, that's incredible, though. Well, if I don't, then I won't get anything done. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I know that it's going to stop me from doing what I want to do and what I love to do. Hello? Totally. But then there's <laughs> me that's just, like, sitting in fetal position, like, spiraling. Like, No, but you're here because you push that aside. Yeah, that's you know? true. There is, like, there comes a point where, like, you have to just 
do it anyway. That's know? what I mean. So I'm like, yeah. well, I, I did it or I'm doing it. Yeah. So, but do you, you know, have like, like shame spirally nights? Like are you ever just like, oh my God, that time I mispronounced that word like or like oh, just yeah, like embarrassing time. things that you've done? Just mispronouncing words is probably like the top five. <laughs> and especially since I have like an insanely fucking smart, obnoxiously smart Very boyfriend in- who like yes. knows every fucking word in the dictionary and how to spell it. It's I the have best. the worst vocabulary, worst spelling of all time. And so we'll be like in a fight and he'll be like, that's not even a word. And I'm like, uh. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, that's definitely one for me where it's like, sucks. Yes. And that's where I, uh, yeah, I, that's something that absolutely beats me up. I also like hate podcasts. This is so fun. But no, <laughs> this is fun. I mean, no, that I know you do. Which is why I've loved every minute of getting to torture you for the last 30 minutes. Even when I teach my class, like that was really new for me to start teaching in a group setting as a yeah. group. And that was really hard. Like after the class, I'd be like, what did I just say? Like, yes. Are, did they even, are they getting anything out of this? Like, I get that all the time, especially as I like do new things in my work. Totally. And that's what I, wa- I wanted to ask you about that because first of all, do you have experiences like, I mean, I guess you just described it where like you, you know, have a growing together circle or you, you know, or do a podcast and you're like, oh my God, I just bombed that. Like I just wasn't in my body. Like I wasn't in my brain today. And like, how do all you, <laughs> and you just say like next time I'll do better, you know, like you just kind of focus on the future or how do you like take yourself out of that negative space i'm just like what am i gonna do about it okay so like maybe you can maybe you can fucking give me that trait because i would really god i would literally i'm like gonna have an ulcer by the amount of shame i get like what am i gonna do like i'm not if i'm like i don't know sit in shame for like four hours like i do (laughs) but i think it's you know what i think actually helped me do this yeah is acting Oh, because that's you true. have to fucking go into an you audition. You get one chance. Do it. Mm-hmm. And maybe you fucked it up. Mm-hmm. But you have to walk out with your head up and just be like, Yeah. And I would like rip up, rip up the sides and be like, Okay. And what something that it's so funny and I think that also really helped me kind of get out of my own way is the auditions or even the classes I teach or whatever, the ones that I'm like, Oh my God, that was. So t- those are the ones that you like get the role or that you like get like a good compliment on. And the ones where I'm like, that was amazing. That was brilliant. Like n- n- crickets. And so it's this weird thing where I'm also like, Carson, you're not even a good enough judge to judge what's good or bad. And so that have been like, you're not, you don't get to decide. That is the fundamental, that's the difference because I'm like, I have convinced myself that I can read everyone's mind. I I know what everyone's thinking just because I'm also extremely like almost to a fault, like so empathetic that I really can feel energy. And so often I've been right about like what people are thinking. Like even if I'm like, oh, I didn't do that right. Like, so like, I feel like I've just had this confirmation bias almost where like I seek it out and I'm like I convince and it's it's a total distortion like it's not right I'm how could I know what anyone's thinking you're right because the truth is like you do get the most compliments from the time that you fucked up and you're always going to be your own harshest critic is that yeah like you're always going to have the most judgment I mean I also try and like take a step back and be like what kind of narcissist are you that you think that people are like thinking about you that much yeah like or like listening to the podcast 500 times <laughs> to like write down your misstep you know like or they're like, not yeah no exactly. it's true and so that it's i also true. try to remind myself of too just be like oh wait nobody gives a shit yeah like, <laughs> they're all worried about their what they said yes and i think that's why you're able to be in the profession that you are because i really wanted to ask you about being a doula and fucking up because like If you're, like I said, like you're involved in like the most important or monumental day in these people's lives. And like, if you fuck up at work, I would imagine that would be like really scary. You know what I mean? Like, like if someone's like dissatisfied with their birth experience, that would be so haunting to me. Like, how do you recover from those? Have you messed up ever like as a doula or like, what does that even look like? I always say that with every birth I do, I know less. Mm. right like Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how it's supposed to go yeah it's the the mom who holds the wisdom it's the baby who holds the wisdom and so my job is to make them feel safe in being in that space and help support them through that 
that wisdom. But absolutely, there's times, and I actually had a situation with a client recently. We're working together um, for her second pregnancy right now, and she expressed in like our class together just feeling really, really dissatisfied with her first birth experience, which I was there for. And of course, it like broke my heart because mm-hmm. I want everyone to leave their birth feeling so right. Like, do you take that person on cloud nine? I I didn't really, you know, I, I reached out to her because I I wanted I apologized to her, you know, mm. I was like I just want to make sure that, you know, I I think I didn't take it personally because she obviously hired me again and we're right. dear friends, you right. know, so it wasn't like yes, yeah. I mean, maybe if she like didn't hire me again or like had cut me, you know, right. of course I would be like, wait, what? It, like, let's clear this up. And so I didn't feel like there was this thing, but I also wanted her to know that, like, yeah, if there was any way that I didn't do my job mm-hmm. in honoring her um what she needed at that time from me that I wanted her to know that and that we could work through that before and and I could better know how I could show up at this one differently for her um but I also know that like you know and I I think doulas have this issue a lot and some of the best I've advice I've gotten from my mentors but doulas aren't god you know, we can't play God. We can't control this process. Mm-hmm. And I do think that the sooner we like let go of any expectation, just like we tell our clients, right? Like that they can't, it's the same thing. Like I also can't control the way a birth unfolds. Yeah. When you were first a doula, did you look for more positive reinforcement? Like, did you want to always know like what your client felt right after the birth? Like, did I do a good job? And like, did you get more confident over time? Or have you always had this understanding of like, there are so many things other than me that are factors in this experience? Yeah. Like, have you always been clear on that? Or did you at first want positive affirmations from your clients? I used to really bring home the experience in a mm. big way where I would cry like after a difficult birth for a long time. Like I had a really hard time leaving. It's so much energy. My birth at the door. And so if it was a difficult birth, I really did internalize it, but it wasn't like I wanted, you know, to know I did a good job necessarily. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, of course there's that, but it was more just like, I really, really wanted my clients to have the experience that they wanted that's like the best text in the world that you can get after, you know, is feeling that they felt you show up for them. Yeah. So much of your work relies on abandoning your ego, you know, like you can't have an mm-hmm. ego and hold space for someone kind of at the same time. Mm-hmm. You can't have an ego and be in birth. Well, you can, a lot of people are, but I'm saying like, I think that's some, well, actually the problem of our culture around birth mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of ego that comes from the medical side Mm -hmm. of it Mm -hmm. um and I think like we try and overpower like nature and mother's intuition with like technology and definitely and certifications and degrees and whatever it is as you could be doula doctor midwife you know it's not just doctors but yeah nurses anything um and I think that's where birth becomes dangerous a hundred percent okay we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back So obviously we're still in our 20s, so it's kind of hard to like think retrospectively about our 20s, but let's just think in the past year because it's been big just for everyone transitionally. I feel like everyone has changed in some way since COVID. I mean, hopefully after all that time to think and reflect and whatever and go crazy. But what do you think is like the biggest way that you've changed in the past year? Like maybe a positive thing and a negative thing. So the one positive thing is I have definitely built a deeper connection and like relationship with not just my intuition, but an inner voice, similar, I guess, same thing, but way more comfortable and confident with my perspectives and like the way I see the world. Mm -hmm. That's something that has come out a lot for me. The negative thing is like the laziness. Mm Mm-hmm. I do feel, and I was saying this to you yesterday on the phone, like I'm moving through molasses. Yes. All of us. My motivate. And I'm I'm still like inspired. Totally. Motivated. But like the ability to execute is like Mm -hmm. non-existent. No, it's like that, like, what's that word that they use? Like the New York Times came out with a word, not link. It's like. It's not lethargic. No, it's, there's a word for it. I'm not bored. Like I'm. I feel alive inside, but I'm just like, if I go to do something, I think it's 
called being brain fried from technology. Yeah, and being overwhelmed. Yeah, and I think that like really sensitive people are feeling a lot of things right now. And it's definitely like, it feels like a lot of weight coming down. And so I, I do feel that has been harder for me to execute the things I want to do and maybe like articulate and just like be uh, more streamlined in my work and life. But I think that also has to do with what has happened with our like just social media and then just cell phone, Zoom, whatever use this year. So that's broken a lot of focus for me. So that's definitely been the downside. No, I feel this. I think like that's a universal feeling, like this feeling of just like it's not like execution, but it's just like it's a it's because we've spent so much time inside and like on our phones and ruminating yeah. and kind of just like not I'm taking any the news action. or whatever yeah. the thing, you know, like obsessing over the current day's yeah event. Yes, languishing. I think it's called yeah. languishing. Thank you, Catherine. I'll give her credit. She just damn me because <laughs> I needed that. You're like, ah, it's coming to me. The space between me and like doing the thing that I have to get done is just bigger, you know, and I think about it more and I'm like, oh, wait, I have to actually like make plans with friends. Like we can do that now. And then I'm like, well, do I want to, you know, like yeah. the world reopening is like stressful to me. I think on a deeply subconscious level as well. Like just things like, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm game, but I think I'm overwhelmed too. Yeah. There was a period in the beginning where there was just like kind of like nobody was getting anything done. Yeah, for sure. There's a really funny onion headline that says, okay, let, yes. Man was surprised that he didn't, wasn't more productive in the most. I'm going yeah, no, to, I know this. what you mean. Yes. It everyone was like, was like a joke that everyone was like disappointed in themselves. They weren't more productive. Like, most like cosmically like just the darkest and completely the most complicated time of our lifetime completely lifetime and you know like I have a lot of friends who like wrote a book and like did all these like amazing stuff and you're just like oh. no my cortisol like I got my blood taken then and then now my cortisol was in half during COVID I mean like also I'm so lucky I didn't have to worry about like my next meal and like job security and stuff so for other people it was obviously so stressful but like that lack of like hustle culture and busy culture and like were you invited to this and not invited to that like that really like the absence of that really calmed my nervous system my nervous system was really digging that and then like we're back to everything and I'm like my levels are right back up you know so what still can make you feel insecure today I think it's more you know, it's never really like, oh, that girl's so like her body, she's so beautiful, yeah. she has that dress. Like I'm like, you're gorgeous, must be so nice, like uh -huh. you're perfect, like love you, great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's yes. never like a the jealousy is more in those people who don't look like they're moving through molasses. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like who are not languishing. Yeah. Or yeah. the people who wrote the book. I'm like, fuck, how did yes. you do that? So totally. like I have a lot of like intellectual envy. Mm -hmm. people, Me too. People who are like productive and their thoughts seem organized. Mm -hmm. And then um I also envy those who yeah, have like a certain, I think, level. And and envy is not the right word because I, I do admire it and I think it of helps course. motivate me. But those who have like a great confidence in their ability to like do things and execute things and, mm -hmm. and, and you know what it is? It's people who seem like they have more time in the day than mm -hmm. I do. That's definitely what I but see. they were just given more hours. Yeah, where I'm like, and I see this a lot with parents. Like I'm like, I hardly did anything but like respond to a few DMs today <laughs> yes. and you did all those things and have a child. And right. Well, they say if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Exactly. And so it's interesting when you like watch mothers do it too. You're like, wow, it's amazing how, yeah, busy people end up getting a lot. Yes. Because like when you're a mom, all you, your only option is to execute. But I yeah. also want to clarify, I don't envy the ones who look miserably busy. Yes, right? true. It's not like the overproductivity or the like grinding, grinding, grinding. Like that's not what I envy at all. It's the ones who are like gardening and cooking and have like <laughs> yes. a really cool business. But that's what I think like you, like I thought you during quarantine were like, I mean you, Jonathan is the, an incredible chef, your boyfriend, an incredible chef, like makes you so many meals, like you are so much healthier in that way. Like your lifestyle is so much healthier than mine. 
but it's interesting that you still feel that way. Yeah. I was going to wait until you asked me the question, what's my most <laughs> off-brand thing? But I guess... <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I don't cook, not only do I don't cook, but if I try, I get so frustrated with the amount of attention to detail that it takes. The minutia, yes. That I just will just fuck it up on, like, almost on purpose to be like, why is this needing so much of me? Yes, no, I, <laughs> yeah. I get angry at the food I'm cooking too, I, but at least you delegated, you outsourced your chef. Like, I, I did not. I did an not. amazing chef in my life. So when you do have those bad days, what are the actual things, the steps that you take to get yourself out of a bad day? Well, bath. Yes. Scrubbing. I scrub it away. So the body scrub is kind of always, it's what I do after birth. It's what I do in a bad day is a good salt bath, body scrub, cold shower. I love a sauna. A lot of the things I do, I guess, are physical in that sense of helping. I think um, they're supposed you know. to be, right? Yeah, it's all connected. But like you know, calling a girlfriend, laughter, all that stuff. Also, I have to say sometimes it's really hard, I think, when I'm in a funk to become motivated. Mm-hmm. But throwing myself into work helps. It's also really helpful and grounding for me. For me, it's sometimes really hard for me to like decide whether I should throw myself at work and maybe do like subpar work that day or like just crawl under my covers and not do all the healthy things you're doing, but like rewatch old TV shows and like do the things that make me comfortable or like, you know what I mean? Like it's hard to decide whether to like stay in the saddle and force yourself in a bad day or to like let yourself, you know, go. Um, I know. Yeah. It's always part of it. And I think that goes back to our molasses thing too. For me, it's like how many more days of this 2020 into 2021 are you going to take as like, Oh, I just need to like process everything that's going on day. Like, at what point do I have to be like, okay, this is a fucked up time. Totally. Go do your work. It's going to make you feel better instead of, like, I can kind of go deeper into those feelings, which sometimes is a beautiful thing that needs to be done, and sometimes it's, like, not productive. No, I I grapple with that, too. I grapple with that, too, because it's, like, you have so much shame for not being productive or still feel like you're like, okay, I've had 400 days of just like feeling like this, or like I've let myself off the hook and it's hard to decide. Like I'm really working on like reparenting myself and like doing a lot of that work. And sometimes it's hard to know when to have compassion for yourself or to like start disciplining yourself. Yeah, totally. And when you're perpetuating some of the, maybe like the issues or like Mm -hmm. these feelings by like going into them instead of like Totally. Pass, letting, like, passing them. Right? Yes. Or even like we were talking about with the insecurity stuff, like, at a certain point, like, it, it is healthy to just say, like, okay, that's a feeling, it's there, now keep moving, than just, like, sitting into it yes. for a long time. And then there's me, just, like, hour four place. on my phone, just, like, scrolling, oh, scrolling, scrolling. me too. It's sickness. And I keep joking because I keep getting sent, like, what's your morning routine? And I'm, like, I first wake up and I, like, and I... I wake up and I scroll through Instagram until I'm like, holy shit, I've been okay. scrolling through Instagram for fucking two hours. I know you pretty damn well, and I was definitely <laughs> under the impression that you had an extensive morning routine. I actually don't I, have a morning routine. The first thing I do is look at – I'm checking my emails before I'm, my eyes are open, before I pee. Like, yeah. it's terrible. It's the wor- one of the worst things about my – like, I, I yeah. hate that I do that. It's so bad. It. It's so bad. But if that is the only – if that's your vice, man, run with it. Right. That's what Jonathan said last night. He goes, the thing about vices is, <laughs> he said, you can't have all of them. Yes. You know? But it's just, true. But just celebrate have, the ones yeah, you have. Have them. Have, <laughs> have some. Yes. Like, okay. So, okay, um, you take baths in, when you have a bad day. But, like, when you need to decompress, like, what is you, – you leave a birth, what's the first step? Tell, walk me through your whole decompression of birth. And how many days does it take? It used to take a long time. It used to take like days and days. Yeah. Now I feel like I can walk out of a birth and somewhat like you know just leave leave it behind. Yeah. Or, is it like are you stuck in fight or flight? Like is that what no, it is? Oh. No, I just feel like it's like I can't. So when I first became a doula, it was really really interesting. Like I left a very difficult birth that everything was you know ended up fine but it was it was a really tough one for the mom and it was really emotional for me and 
I remember being like walking out of the hospital room and I, the nurse was in the hallway who I didn't know at all. I had Mm -hmm. no connection to her. And I, but we had just been in this room together for this birth. And I like looked and I was a very new doula and I looked at her kind of like thinking, oh, she must be feeling how I feel right now. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, yeah, there was like fight or flight and adrenaline and all these things. And I kind of just like, I think I like hugged her maybe Mm -hmm. or like did something that like now, like I look back and I kind of laugh because she was definitely like had no connection. Like, right. I was like, oh my God. Like, I just wanted someone to be like, yes. Like to bond. And she just, like, you could tell. And like, I think this is also like a lot of people in a, in this field, like they just become a little hardened Mm -hmm. and, you know, like nurses or doctors, because they see so much all the time and they kind of have to protect their energy in that way. So I realized in that moment, I was like, oh, she's not having the same emotional reaction or, you know, I, I was like bawling down the halls, just being like, I felt like I was holding so much energy that it was like a dam had broken at the end. And I was just like, and, and it was so interesting having her be like, ah, you're crazy. Don't touch me. Like, why are you like, why are you trying to like connect with me in this way? Like, and now I have more, you know, I, I, being a doula, I think you have to stay more in touch with the emotional aspects of it and, and how big birth is. I think that's a big part of it. And something that I, I unfortunately and unfortunately cannot stop doing, Mm -hmm. but I can leave a birth now that is more difficult and I think, you know, release it if I have to or Mm -hmm. process it with a doula friend or like have that moment, but then not cry for, you know, days after. And and what was interesting and what made me realize I needed to figure something out was um, I noticed that when I was crying, it sounded like my client. Like I literally was crying her tears. Whoa, weird. I couldn't recognize the sound of my cry. Like it was not me. I know. Oh, that's trippy. Yeah. And so that was something where I was like, I need to figure out how to, yeah, yeah how to like energetically kind of shift out of that. And so I did work with a therapist, mm-hmm. um, a somatic therapist who taught me some techniques of how to protect my energy field. So I do that. And then I think water is a really sacred way of cleansing for yes. me. And so I always I'm obsessed shower. with water. I mean, I always shower because usually the hospital is just like the grossest place in the world to me. Yeah, in terms of germs. But oh, you mean like submerging yourself in water? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm, Taking I'm, a shower. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for me, like I, you're, you think I meant drinking water? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, that helps me. Uh, cheers. <laughs> it's like I drink wine. I literally really am helps. obsessed with water. But I yes. love not drinking. No, I just like a shower. So, I mean, I would shower regardless. I'm the thirstiest bitch you ever met. Okay. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Showering is wonderful, too. And water. Yeah. So, those are kind of my big ones. Scrubbing, showering, and then working on the more, like, creating my bubble of of peace. Yeah. Just knowing that, like, and it probably gets easier, you know, like anything, just, like, to. Yeah. I think experience, definitely. But you don't want to harden too much, you know, like. No. And that's what I meant, like, that nurse. I was like, I never want to be like her, where she's like, why are you, like, feeling Right. Um, but I also think having a community, and that's why I'm starting um, a circle for doulas, actually, because I'm ooh, so ooh. grateful. I have Lori, my mentor, who mm-hmm. is that person I can call like at two in the morning after a rough birth and we process it and talk together. And that's a big part of helping me process That's it. nice to have someone like that that you can talk to. What is your favorite aspect of being a doula and the hardest part? I mean, seeing, obviously, the moment of baby taking their first breath and look on parents faces when that mm-hmm. happens is just the best thing yeah, ever that's sweet and the hardest I think are the things we talked about I think it's also really difficult to navigate a broken system mm-hmm. have you ever had to make like really fast decisions like being a doula or do you kind of always work collaboratively no so I never speak on behalf of my clients I never make decisions on behalf of my client mm-hmm. like that's I'm there to hold space for them so that they're empowered in their decision making you're there to hold space not to be a decision maker really no yeah yeah I'm there to kind of help them gather all the information that they can make their best decision so you know everything about the reproductive system now like you just must know everything. so much about well, a lot more than I do more than the average 27 year old might know but like yeah. what's the what's something about our reproductive system? that you are still surprised that most women don't know or have, like, a misunderstanding about? I mean, I think even just, like, 
the state, the phases of your menstrual cycle is something we're just not really taught. Yeah. It's like you have your period or you don't. Right. (laughs) No, it's true. It's true. And every phase is so different. And like you should be living your life in a different way for each stage, theoretically, right? Yeah. There's some like cycle syncing methods and stuff like that. I personally don't always live by that, although I think there's validity to it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, just understanding the purposes of that time, but also in relation to fertility, Mm -hmm. right? I think the more we know when we are susceptible to becoming pregnant Mm -hmm. or able to become pregnant, I think there's a lot of value in knowing when we ovulate, um, when we're we're not. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Everyone kind of just knows period or not. But like, even for me, like, I know that I, you know, the the week after my period, I'm like, I feel really good, you know, like, I feel really confident. And I feel like, whatever those hormones are that make me feel like good about myself, I have a lot. So I really do like, sometimes I will try to like, not have, you know, like an interview when I'm PMSing like the week before or like, you know what I mean? Like I kind of try to plan my life around it a little bit. It's so hard. No, it's so, and like, but just more like, it's easier to do like the foods you're eating or like just ways to support yourself during those. Or exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. No, it's good to know those different cycles. Look at us. So professional about our cycles. Okay. What is an important lesson that you've learned in therapy? I guess that you're not responsible for like other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or other people's choices. I think there's such a freedom in that of just being like, yeah, so what if other people are all crumbling down around you? <laughs> yes, you can't save everybody. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just you that and you got that. It's a very older sister trait. Yeah, and it's some, the wanting to control things. Well, and no, and help. Definitely. I think when you're given a little baby sibling on this planet as an older sibling, you're like, I definitely had that where I was like, well, I'm a mom now at like four, you know, <laughs> like I was like, as a mother. Let me tell you, the youngest sibling does not feel that way. Like yeah. we're like, it's so, we're like would you, sweet. you, I don't care. I'll like do it's, me. It's, yeah, it's, no, it's we, so but weird. it's only afforded to us by the sacrifice of our older sibling having to be like that. Yeah. So true. And then to tie back to birth, I do think there's a part of that as well, where it's like you can lead a horse to water Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And birth is such a, it's a huge metaphor for life. And I think it's so big and so transformative and spiritual time that it really does hold every, there's so many lessons in it for everybody involved in it. You know, it's not my birth. It's not my body. It's not my baby. It's like, really just okay with a certain detachment to how things are. I got to tell you, that's really beautiful. Like the way that it from your professional life translates into your personal life. I wonder how long it would have taken you to learn that lesson without being a doula. Not only do you have to give people all the information they want and then watch them go maybe in a different way, but like you have to fully support them and be like, it, it can't just be like, oh yeah, I support you. You have to like fully be in there supporting them. So it's like yeah. the great lesson in like not inflicting your beliefs and your wants onto another person. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, I'm definitely not like, of course. I don't think you ever like arrive fully there. We all have our own thing. We are works in progress. But it is. It's like you realize, or what you're saying too, like no matter what I do, it's not like I can control a birth. Absolutely. Yes. Nobody can. So I just have a couple questions and then then you're done. Just a couple Aww, more little questions. It's so fun to hang out with you. I know. I, I love it. We can do this all the time. <laughs> you have that amazing gift of just going right so deep. Thank you. Right away. And doing it so well. That's in your blood though. I feel like your mom's like that too. Yeah. Don't tell her that though. She literally would love that. <laughs> she would. She would love that so much. It's true. It's so true. We are just becoming our parents, which is... Every day, I'm like, I am literally my mom. Oh, my God. For better, for worse. What is a topic or concept you wish women, either in your industry or in general, would be more honest about or stop lying about or talk to each other more openly about? You know, definitely in my industry, there's so many, I think so many women are just kind of feel like they're alone in a lot of experiences, whether it's everything from, you know, infertility to abortion to postpartum 
mood anxiety disorders how birth goes down you know what you're totally all of those options I think it's why I do this work I mean once I saw the business of being born I just was like what the heck like we had sex ed but there was no curriculum here that was gonna like what what am we gonna talk about this again never no one was ever gonna make me talk about this and or like learn about this That's or like it? talk about sex in a way that wasn't about not getting pregnant like you know just yeah, it's crazy or our bodies or just yeah. the process and and that it's also not like a an illness mm-hmm. you know like help how can we I, I think what I'm really interested in too in this work is how we can really support the the natural just intelligence of our bodies mm-hmm. and I think as a we're actively destroying it in our yes. just environmentally and in the way that we approach health and everything in our world um and so to me that's like the most sacred mm-hmm. is not like a fixing of things it's a how can we get back mm-hmm. to what is already perfect and I think that's what happens with the hormones and labor right we've kind of been taught that it's a process that can't be done without intervention, right? Mm-hmm. It's something that a doctor or a midwife or a doula or all these things like know better than you, you know, on how to do it. On, but it's like it's like going to the bathroom. <laughs> it's a physiological event that requires us to unlearn. I think some of the yeah, lies. even down to like the position you birth in can be up to you. You know, it's crazy to question when you start questioning those things. I think it's like an endless unraveling of just like, oh my God, I was taught this, I was taught that, and like none of it's yeah. true. And then you start to see it in all aspects of your life. <laughs> yes. Like, and then you need therapy. What and is then you, life? <laughs> and then you need therapy. Yeah. Yes. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay. What is the most off-brand thing about you? I already answered that. Okay. I don't cook. <laughs> You're like, excuse. Okay, you don't cook, but you have an amazing chef in your house, so it counts. Yeah, I eat the delicious home cooked meals all the time, but not coming from. Yes, find a boyfriend that can cook. That's the. That's the <laughs> I just didn't do that. What is the grossest or most embarrassing thing you do when you're home alone? Oh. I pick my dog's eye boogers, like the sleep in his eye. I do that too, but with a napkin. Do you do it like oh, barehanded? No, I love it. It's like my favorite thing ever. You do it barehanded? Yeah. And then I feed it to him. Stop because- it. Okay, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> what the fuck? What do you mean you feed my it to him? My dog trainer. I told my dog trainer, I was like, is it weird that I love picking his eye boogers? And she was like, no, it's like the like it's like apes you know yeah it's like we like like, yeah yeah it's like a you know that's like what like the grooming puppies do exactly to each other and I was like I live for it like first thing I do when I wake up in the morning I was like do you have sleep in your eyes like I need it so but she told me that I need to feed it to him because they're nutrient like they have like nutrients or like (laughs) minerals or something the craziest thing I've ever heard so she's like the the health freak of dog dogs (laughs) canines and so i'm like all about it and so i just think of it like he's taking a supplement i I, that i love you for ending the interview that way that is perfect that is like literally everything to me we need to talk more about that in a late in in privacy okay but what is your instagram handle where can people find you where can people find see in the moon the growing together circles how do they join all that good stuff yeah so my personal instagram is at Cece Meyer. Mm-hmm. People say at. Is that lame? Do you know that everyone thinks your name is Cece? I know. No, like Dylan's mom the other day was like, how's Cece? And I was like, who the Who's fuck Cece? is Cece? And people say, I'm like, Cece. I'm like, oh, me. <laughs> Big mistake. No, it's not. Big people mistake. But it's funny. Like, it's fine. It kind of also helps me know, like, who knows who like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, I'm like, that's yes. Instagram friend. And, like, and who that. spells their name? If their name is Cece, you don't spell it C-C. Like, you know? Anyway, yeah. whatever. I but I do it too, people. I'm like worse or I'll be like, if their handle will be like a food they like and I'll like call them that. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're like, the I new, get it. Like, yes. You're the new Emrata. Exactly. Like I, yeah, I don't even, I do, I'm so guilty of it too. So you are so fine. not a CC, but it's wonderful. It's a wonderful fake identity. So C, but CC is my, my middle name. Yes. C. Carson so Chapman Meyer. C. Meyer. Yes. yes. And then C and the moon mm-hmm. for C and the moon. And that's the letter C, as in CC. <laughs> and, 
and might have a new class starting September, and that you can find me at carson-meyer.com for doula stuff and birth photography and all that. Perfect. We'll put it all in the show notes, but I just wanted you to say it. Okay, that's it. You're done. You're free. You are free. I love you more than anything. Damn, that was a good time. I really don't know who I'd be without her friendship. It's rare that you, like, remain best friends with someone that your parents set you up on a blind date with when you were three days old. But... Honestly, with a bond like ours and after 27 years of friendship, I'm certain that I would choose her as my best friend in any lifetime, even if she continues to show up early to every frickin' dinner we have and convince me that I'm late. Anyway, sorry I got too emo there for a second, but if you like this episode, I would really love it if you'd let me know. You can text me or call me or leave me a voicemail. The number is always in my Instagram bio or in the show notes. And I just would love to hear from you guys. I already love talking to everyone that's already texted or left a voicemail. We've had some amazing conversations that you might be missing out on if you're not texting or leaving a voicemail. But if you don't want to do that, you can always rate and follow this podcast. I love that they changed it from subscribe to follow. It makes me sound way less lame. There should be a little plus button wherever you're listening to this that you can click on. And if you scroll all the way down, you'll see comments and stars. And I would be eternally grateful if you'd rate the podcast and let me know what you think. All right, that's it from me this week. I'll see you guys back here next week. And thanks so much for hanging out with me. Bye. Bye.